You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying. We are live. We are live. Yes, we are. We are live. We got a lot to talk about today. To this day. <laughs> to this day. The Wilder uh, Fury uh, fight has been pushed back. So you're not going to see too much of that. So all of the fights have been have been pushed back. What's up? What's up? I'm checking my checking my messages, checking all of my, my texts and emails and stuff. So don't mind me. But we still... We still got a lot to talk about. STL in the house. Uh, uh, Natural Bridge and Kings Highway. Red Cup. <laughs> so we got to talk about Jameis Winston today. We're going to eat the W's. <laughs> We're going to eat the W's like Jameis Winston today. We got to figure out why Jameis. I'll tell you why Jameis Winston doesn't have a job. Now it's complicated. <laughs> complicated so i need you guys now if you guys want to chime in with your opinions on why james winston don't have a job feel free <laughs> feel free <coughs> almost choked there we go red cup <laughs> needed at that time feel free to chime in with your your theories on why james don't doesn't have a job but i did hear about the guy uh two phone jones that but you you can't here's the thing the reason i don't um retweet that type of stuff because all they want is attention all they want is attention when someone says that take that that lamar jackson is a, is a poor man's taste taste on him taste him him they just want attention so if you retweet it and you talk about it you're giving the idiots the life you're giving them everything that they want so that's what that's why I, sometimes i don't even i don't even talk about it because i know what they're trying to do they just trying to get some um, some uh, attention during the Rona. They just trying to get them some attention during the Rona. All right, so let, let me tell you. First off, to when we're talking about Jameis, right? First thing that we got to do, the first thing that we got to do is we gotta you gotta understand, you know, who we're dealing with, right? We gotta understand who 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 what's going on, right? So that's the first thing. That's the first thing. You got to understand who we're dealing with, Jameis. Now, Jameis has had problems, you know, obviously going all the way back to college, even before he started playing. Uh, you know, the, the the problems have been from, like, you know, minor, silly stuff to, you know, real serious accusations and stuff like, like that. So, he has those issues. You can't ignore that. Now, on the field, the man's a turnover machine. We know that. We know that. But we also know that he show he flashes elite talent as well so if you're being honest if you're being honest you know Jameis is probably better than what maybe 10 15 starting quarterbacks uh in the nfl if we're being honest right we're just being honest he's better than them right so you ask yourself why would like someone like the chicago bears go with trubisky and Foles? Instead of going with Jameis, you know, why does why don't the Chargers seem interested? Why don't the, the Patriots seem interested? Why, you know, don't the Panthers and all of that stuff seem interested? And I'll tell you why. And I'm going to use Teddy Bridgewater as an example. 
which why well, I mean it's not always black and white. Some coaches, right? Some coaches and some GMs, right? They feel that they can win football games without an elite quarterback. They feel they just need a quarterback, maybe a quarterback that just gets hot, like a Nick Foles gets hot, or they can win with an average quarterback. And honestly, if you just kind of take Brady away from the situation, you can say there is some truth, you know, to that. You've seen, at least recently, teams win Super Bowls uh, strictly based off of, uh, not strictly, but majority based off of their defense and being able to stop another quarterback. So I think what happens is you look at someone like Teddy Bridgewater, right? Never been in trouble, never had any issues. One thing Teddy Bridgewater does better than anybody else, well, maybe not better, but is that he doesn't turn over the football, okay? It's going to be conservative, but he's not going to kill you. He may not save you, but he may not kill you, right? And I think sometimes... Teams prefer that, right? You know, also, Jameis is a little bit of an oddball. And this is also what's going to get into Cam, too, right? Is when you are a starting quarterback, right? It's hard to go from starter to bench player. So unless you have already shown the capacity to handle that role, teams are going to be leery about bringing you in as the backup. Right, Because if you bring in Jameis Winston as the backup, no matter where he goes, if the starter struggles, they're going to be calls for Jameis Winston. That's the difference between why Jameis Winston has doesn't have a job and Marcus Mariota has a job. It's because when Mar Marcus Mariota got benched, you didn't hear nothing from him, except that you know he was being a good teammate. So teams know he has the capacity to do that. They don't know if Jameis has the capacity to do that. And that's the problem with Cam Newton as well. Cam Newton is even on a higher level than Jameis, obviously, MVP, been to the Super Bowl. Will Cam Newton be happy with short money, sorry about that, with short money playing the backup role? Because he's Cam Newton. So if Cam Newton goes to a team where they have a starter, right, I mean, you know what's going to happen. You know how it's going to go down. Red Cup. And then also you have to take into consideration the financials of it. Because backup quarterbacks, you can you can make a good living being a backup quarterback, ask Chase Daniels, right? But still, the backup quarterback, even on the high end, let's take Mariota's contract for for example. You know, on the high end, let's say that's seven million bucks, right? That's seven million bucks. And then if he starts, then he will, you know, end up, you know, making more. But in general, it's $7 million. I say that's the highest. If you're Cam Newton and you were scheduled to make $20 million, right? Are you willing to take $5 million, $6 million, $7 million to be a backup? You know what I'm saying? Because at the moment, there literally are no positions available. I, say, I would say the only honest position is maybe the Chargers. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not set on Tyrod Taylor, right? But they also seem set on not giving Cam Newton $20 million a year, giving Jameis Winston $15, 20000000 million a year. You know, even the Dolphins, uh, you know, they, they got, you know, Fitz uh, Magic, 
and Tim Mitchell. They, they seen, those teams seem leery of paying a Jameis and paying a Cam, same thing with the Jags, paying them start of money. You know what I'm saying? And that's an issue that they, that they have, is that we don't know what type of money they want, right? We don't know what type of, you know, yeah, Denver is set, but they seem willing to, because they seem willing to go with Drew Locke because Drew Locke's on that cheap contract. Because if you can find you a Drew Locke and he balls out or a guard, a Minshew, and they ball out on those rookie contracts, you got a whole lot of money left. Same thing with the Pats. The Pats brought in, we don't love them Hoyas because he's cheap. Stidham is cheap. Do they want to spend $20 million to bring in Cam Newton? Even for one year, and you $15, 20000000 million, they may not want to do it. I agree with you, uh, D. Smooth. Like, bringing Cam into the Chargers would help a little bit, I would say, with the fan base. I think Cam has a pretty, pretty big fan base. But they're looking at it like, first off, I will say this. At least with Cam, this is just what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that people think he's washed. People think Cam Newton is washed. They, they don't care about the physical. They don't care about anything. They think that, and not washed from the fact, they just think washed because he can't physically play the way that he used to play. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing say nobody wants to pay $20 million for a washed Cam Newton. And they feel that the public, the public, they feel that the public has this idea of Cam of, you know, what he used to be. You know what I'm saying? And that's not what he is anymore. That's just what I'm hearing. As far as Jameis, what I'm hearing is, I mean, I you know, I hate to say it. They, they just don't seem to like him. They just don't want to bring him into their program. It's not that they don't think he has the physical talent. They think something is literally, like, maybe wrong with Jameis. You know what I'm saying? So they don't want to bring him in. And and listen, let me tell you something. Bruce Arians didn't do Jameis any favors. Bruce Arians had an opportunity to, to take the high road with Jameis. And, you know, this, you know, he could have cut him. I mean, he could have not signed him and everything. And he could have took the high road and said and praised him and said, hey, we got Tom Brady. So of course, you know, we would like to keep Jameis. You know, Jameis is a good guy. Jameis is this, Jameis is that. He didn't say any of that. And Bruce Arians is respected in the NFL. He's respected. So people say, hey, man, Bruce Arians saying all of this stuff about Jameis, it makes them feel like maybe something's off. So he didn't do him any favors. I don't think the, the Panthers did. They definitely do, didn't do Cam any favors in the sense that they could have been cut Cam Newton pretty much at any time after the season. They could have cut. They could have cut Cam Newton. They literally could have cut him, you know, early in the thing. And if they cut him early before the the Rona, they could have cut him early before the Rona. He could have, you know, he could have did physicals and all of that stuff. And then maybe he probably has a team right now. But they tried to get a trade for him and held on and held on. Now he has limited options, and because of the Rona. He can't really go out and talk to these people, talk to these teams. Same thing with Jameis. Because of the Rona, he can't really, like, pitch his case. Because if the Rona wasn't here, someone like Jameis could set up meetings where he can go and tell people, hey, what you think is not true. I got the LASIK. You know, you know. if you look, you know, the thing about Jameis and his interceptions, right, is 
if we take a look, let's. A lot of people say this, and 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 I don't, I, I you know I don't really put too much stock in it, but you know they talk about if you do a player comparison between Jameis and Peyton Manning over their first five years, uh, it, it's very similar. So let, let, the the difference is Peyton. I don't look at it right quick. Peyton actually you know won a lot more games in those first five years than Jameis. But if you look at it just strictly from a stats perspective, which I will look right now, um, and they were about the same age, uh, let's take a look. Uh, it, it, it's the, the only difference really is the record, honestly. Honestly. Actually, this is, a, this is a true stat now. This is a true stat. I know, you know, this is a true stat. You know, the, the, the interceptions... Actually, Peyton had more interceptions in his first five years than Jameis. That's a true stat. That's not fake. Uh, that's not. That's not fake. Now they in the in the in the in the the, the TDs were close. The, like I said, the difference is is that Peyton, um, it, the teams were better. So you're not gonna get rid of somebody that's doing a team. But the actual stats are about the same. Peyton had 100 interceptions in his first uh, five years. Jameis. Uh, has 88. Um, the thing about Peyton Manning, though, in those in those first five years, is that he had some really good teams, and they they I mean they he his rookie year is bad, you know, uh, three and thirteen, and he had 28 interceptions in his rookie year. By his fifth year, this is what we kind of going about one, two, three, four, five. By his fifth year, you know, he still was kind of on the high end, 27 TDs, 19 interceptions. So, the problem, the difference is what people don't understand is that in those five years he had three winning seasons. Okay, so he went thirteen and three, ten and six, and ten and six. So if Jameis had now, if Jameis had those type of seasons, right? If he had had winning seasons, then he would still be the quarterback. So that's why you can't always look at stats. But what you can look at is the fact that. In these days, they don't give you a lot of time to develop. Like Peyton Manning's interceptions only started going down like in his sixth or seventh year. That's a good point about Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers was trash last year. Let's just be honest. And, you know, he gets a deal because he's Phillip Rivers. You know, he's been, and, and I mean, honestly, can you tell me with a straight face that the Colts wouldn't be better with Jameis Winston, are they going to be with? There's nothing that suggests that the Colts are going to be, be better with Phillip Rivers than hell Jacoby Brissett or Jameis Winston. The difference is it's just Phillip Rivers. It's just it's just the name. It's literally just the name. You know, so I mean, it's it, it's it's that's the difference. I, I'm saying that there there. You know, the thing is like it's the core. You gotta you gotta work with me here with the correlation. Kaepernick was just average enough that, the, you know, his protest and all of that stuff gave them plausible deniability to basically a blackball, right? Okay? Jameis was, you know, just bad enough with the 30 interceptions that even though we know that he's better than some of these other quarterbacks, they have plausible deniability if they don't want him in the league anymore, to not be in the league. It would it would not shock me. It would not shock me if he wasn't on a team. 
especially black quarterbacks, they have to be very careful. When black quarterbacks kind of disappear, they a lot of times they don't get more than one shot, right? They don't get extra opportunities, okay? You know, if if I'm curious to see what happens with someone like Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is going down the same path as Jameis Winston where you may be five years in and Baker Mayfield is going to be throwing a bunch of interceptions and averages and, and talk all crazy and he's going to be a free agent. And I'm curious to see what happens. You know, I'm curious to see how many opportunities he gets if he continues to go down the path that he's going. Now, if he turns it around, that's different. But if he keeps going down the same path, you know, you saw it with, like I said, a lot of times black quarterbacks don't have an opportunity to really develop into long-term starting quarterbacks. Like Matthew Stafford has been given, what, like 12 years, right? Lottie, Matthew Stafford is, a, is, is actually maybe even a better comp. In the, you know, the difference, you know, the thing about Matthew Stafford, I'm just pulling up his stats here, is that, for a long time, Matthew Stafford threw a lot. He had a lot of attempts, right? And he had a lot of yards, right? And he didn't have a lot of success. You know what I'm saying? But, and the, the teams weren't very good, but, he, you know, he kept, you know, they, they just kept him around. You can't, honestly, I'm looking at Matthew Stafford for his first five years, right? You know, he. It's not, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of yards. It's not, he, he only, it's not, he's not great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of empty stats. I'm just, I'm just looking at it. But he's gotten, what is he, 10 years in now? He's 10 years in? You know what I'm saying? It's it, it just, you know, I'm not, and the thing is, he's not awful. It's just, he's, he's Matthew Stafford. Red Cup. I understand sometimes black quarterbacks don't get the opportunity to get 10 years to get better. You know, they don't get the opportunity. I mean, you, the difference, I don't know, like, you got Tom Brady, I get it, it's Tom Brady. But if Jameis was just to cut down his interceptions, if he stayed in Tampa and he cut down his interceptions by half, right, you know, they probably are 11 and 5 team if they just kept him. Are they any better or worse with Tom Brady? I guess we'll see. It's just an opportunity. Now, with Cam, Cam's a little different. Cam, you know, got his, uh, you know, 10 years in. But if he's healthy, he's going to be 30. Here's the thing. Stafford is 31, and so is Cam. And Stafford is just chugging along. Matt Ryan is just chugging along. Cam Newton's out of here. <laughs> he's out of here. Joe Flacco just chugging along. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Arians, here's the thing about Arians, in, in my sense, is that if you if you know you got a guy that has a lot of turnovers, don't let him loose in the first quarter. You know, maybe do some screens, run the ball at least. You know what I'm saying? You know, not we all looking for him to throw a pick six in the first five minutes. Maybe not, you know, do, you know, maybe help him out a little bit. And the thing about Jacoby Brissett is that he was hurt too. But he came back early. You know why Jamie, uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett came back early? He came back early because when they put we don't love these Hoyas in, he thought he was going to lose his job because it's Brian Hoyer. And, and those are the, the Brian Hoyas, the Ryan Fitzpatricks, 
the Macau's of the world, when they get in, you know, they're not good enough to be starters, the foes, but they're good enough to take your job for half a season. So he came back. He was playing well until he hurt his knee. And then he's already not the most mobile guy. And he had torn meniscus. And he comes back early and he can't push off and everything. So it made him look bad. But I'm pretty sure he's better than, than Phillip Rivers, old man Phillip Rivers right now. I'm pretty sure about that. I, honestly, I'm pretty sure about that right now. And so I, I don't, like, to long story short, is I don't know if Jameis or Cam is going to get a job. At least not, in, not, not like, immediately. It may take a while. It may take for a starter to get hurt in camp or something like that. I just don't. Because if you wanted, um, if the Chargers, if the Jags, if the Broncos, all these teams that you guys mentioned, if they wanted Jameis Winston, if they wanted Cam Newton, it would only take a phone call. It would only take a phone call. Right? That's that's all I'm saying. It would only take a phone call. I think, I think what's happening is there are quarterbacks in the draft, and they want to see who goes where in the draft. Yeah, I don't know what's up with the Steelers because that's here's another thing. Let's let's take Ben Roethlisberger. Now I'm not saying that Ben Roethlisberger is not uh, deserving of how many years he's been the starting quarterback, right? But he had serious elbow surgery, right? A lot of players don't come back from serious elbow surgery. His surgery and his injuries are, you know, they're different from Cam's, but it's still the, the point is still the same, is that he hurt. But he's going to get every opportunity to prove that he's healthy and he can play, even if he can't. It's just, it's, you just do not have a lot of time if you are a, if you're a quarterback. And like I said, a lot of Jameis' stuff is his own fault. You, you know, a lot of it is his own fault. I'm not, I don't, I'm not that type of guy that just says, well, he's black. That's why he's not getting a job. Like, I'm, I understand that he brought a lot of this stuff on himself, right? But I'm also realistic in the sense of saying that I find it hard to believe if this was Baker Mayfield in the same situation that he wouldn't find a gig. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I, here's the thing about believing in Jameis is Jameis, is what, 25 years old? <laughs> back in the day, most of you guys are, is, are young, but the OGs, back in the day, these quarterbacks that are in the Hall of Fame right now were awful at the beginning of their career. <laughs> awful. And then, but they would get time because it just wasn't the way it is right now. They would get time. Like you look at um, like John Elway, just pull it up, John Elway's uh, stats here. John Elway, you know, was not great when he started. Not great at all. It took time. Yeah, Peyton threw 28 picks. Troy was god-awful. Troy was so bad, I mean, people legitimately wanted Steve Walsh to be the quarterback. Yeah, they, they wanted Steve Walsh. Yeah, they don't give quarterbacks as much time as they did back in the day. Terry Bradshaw, god-awful. God awful for a very long period of time. You know they, they don't they don't get the quarterbacks a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time these days. Red Cup. You know you see things like you was talking about Lamar Jackson earlier. 
right? You, 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 no, no, Elway threw a lot. Elway threw, had, in his third year in the NFL, he had 605 attempts. So he, he was throwing a lot. He just wasn't accurate. In his third year, Elway threw, threw 605 passes and completed only 54%. So he, he was throwing. Now, don't get it twisted. He was throwing. Yeah, Joe Namath, all those guys are awful. They're awful. But they got a lot of time. They they got a lot of time. And then that's why, you know, they had opportunities to grow. James is 20, what, 25, 26 years old? We have no you have no idea. You have no idea. I'm returning the text. You literally have no idea. Yeah, Marie. And here's the thing. Marino was better than all those guys. He just didn't win a Super Bowl. He's better than Elway. I, he's 100% better than Elway. You put, I mean, you put Marino and, and gave him Bill Walsh. Shit. Marino had five rings. It's not that Jameis is not bad. I don't think Jameis is bad. I think Jameis turns the ball over a lot. And I think if you look at, I think he was put in situations where he had to throw the ball a lot. Oh, yeah, the Panthers did, Cam. I mean, the Panthers, I said this years ago. Sometimes when you have these big quarterbacks that are like fullbacks, right, you have a tendency to, to try to run them like fullbacks. And what ends up happening is what happened to Steve McNair, what happened to Cam, is that, you know, your body can only take so much. Well, black people are held to different standards, so I wouldn't imagine quarterbacks would be any different. <laughs> we always are held to a higher standard, black people, general. I think at, tw but at 25, or whatever he is, 25, 26, there's no way to know what his his Jameis's peak is, which is what makes it a little odd that nobody is willing to give him an opportunity. So what's going to end up having to happen is he, I don't know, he's going to, you know, like the Steelers or, you know, certain situations I think would be good for him. But unfortunately, I think him and Cam are going to have to take a, a backup role unless later in the game, um, you know, the Patriots, like, it makes no sense to me, right? I don't know what Bill Belichick is thinking, and I'm not, you know, Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls, been to nine Super Bowls, so I think sometimes people don't question him, but, you know, all the Patriots way. But let me tell you something. The Patriots have missed on a lot of free agents, have missed on a lot of draft picks. Now, missed, did some bad trades. They're no different than anybody, you know, other franchise, honestly. I mean, they hit on a lot of things, and, they, you know, they got Brady. I tell people that Bill Belichick, I don't think, has fundamentally changed from when he was a coach with the Browns. I just think it helps when you have, you know, Brady. And he's made some smart moves here and there, like getting Randy Moss and things like that. But he also got rid of Randy Moss. <laughs> you know, he's gotten rid of people maybe he, he gets them a little bit earlier. So I, I don't know what um, – I think Mariota is, is a good fit for the Ravens. 
It's all about fit sometimes. Um, I don't know what Belichick is thinking. I really don't. I don't know if he honestly thinks on he honestly thinks he can win with 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 Stidham and and we don't love them Hoyas. Uh I don't know if he thinks that maybe they should tank and try to but tanking in the NFL just doesn't I, I just can't see Bill Belichick saying I'm gonna purposely try to lose games. I, I just that doesn't I don't think they're tanking. I think maybe he thinks he can win with Brian Hoyer. But I tell you something, I don't care if he had Brady, Dan Marino, if he had if he had Joe Montana, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, if he don't have some receivers, Edelman is not the not a number one receiver. They don't have Gronk anymore. If he doesn't have any 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 skill players, I don't care who the quarterback is. You gotta have some talent. I don't know. Well, you know, most here's the thing: a lot most fan bases are racist. I mean, let's let's just be honest, because a lot of them MAGA, a lot of football fans are MAGA. You look in the stands; there's a lot of Donald, people that voted for Donald Trump there. So, of course, they're gonna treat. And it was I like I'm not in Carolina. I don't know if any of you guys are in Carolina. There's some uh, some debate on how fans felt about Cam Newton in, in, in Carolina, it's very either or. You know what I'm saying? It's like some fans, some people are like, hey, they, you know, they were they were the Panthers, Carolinas, they were die hard. They loved Cam. You know, they ride or die. And then there are some other people that say, hey, the fans hated them and was racist towards them and all of this stuff. So I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know the majority of when you look in the stands, not on Twitter, right? Not on, you know, Instagram, not on Snapchat, not on TikTok or all of that stuff. But if you look in the stands, there's a lot of MAGA people in the NFL stands. That's why ignore the the the, 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 the other stuff. That's one of the reasons why Colin Kaepernick isn't in, in, in football right now. Not not you would say, man, that's odd because you know, most people, you know, you see like cowboy fans, if you if you watch online, you think they were all black. But if you go to Cowboy Stadium, you'll be in for a surprise. No, uh, Deshaun Watson won't ever overcome um, Bill O'Brien. You got to have a coach that knows what he's doing. I'm not saying he got to be the greatest coach of all time, but you at least got to have somebody. You know, uh, you, you got to have somebody. But here's the thing, Deshaun Watson is such a, a a company man, he won't speak out. He'd rather do Drake lyrics than actually speak his mind. If he spoke his mind, O'Brien would be already be out of there and he could have had, you know, someone like Eric Bieniemy to really hone the thing. I mean the Texans have talent, they just keep trading it away. It may it like did you see this the, the story from today? Did you see the, the the story I did today? There's not a lot of stories out there, to be honest with you. But did you see the story I did today about how they leaked the information about how uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, was a was a bad practice player, and he was influencing other players to be have bad practice habits and all of that stuff. That's just they look at they're they're an evil organization. <laughs> Deshaun, I mean, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't said anything bad about anybody, so they're gonna put that out there on them. And they leak it to their favorite NFL reporter. So you can all, you know the NFL reporters that are on the take. You know. 
I don't have to spell it out for you. You know. You know which ones are on the take. You know which ones are on you know which ones are, you know. Yeah, we're talking about practice. Here's the thing, Bill O'Brien is the same guy that thought he could win with all of those terrible quarterbacks. Who did he have? He had uh Oswaller. He had the other tall guy. Um he had a bunch of tall white guys. And it, it didn't work out. He had Hoyer. What was the other tall white guy that he had? He had Fitz. He had Tom Savage. It was another white guy. Whedon, Yates, Shaw. Yeah, look at all these tall white guys that are terrible. These are guys that he brought in. He had another one, though. I, can't, he, uh, I think he played at Houston. Mallet. Ryan Mallet. Yeah, missing the team playing, you know, all that stuff. Well, of course, Cam wanted an extension. If you had one, Rosenfels, yeah. If you had one year left on your deal at $20 million, right, and you want some, you want the team to commit to, you know, you being the starter. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't think that's anything unusual. Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum. Where did Case Keenum go? He went somewhere. Well, he went to some, I don't know, something. Case Keenum just hangs around. Like, if you Case Keenum, you can you can be in the league for 30 years. A guy like Case Keenum can be in the league for 20 years. He plays two games a year, just good enough, takes four or five million. He can, you can live like that, yeah. Yeah, the thing, well, that's the thing about Phil. The, I mean, that's uh, T. Smitty. That's, I've talked about that for years, the double standard, right? The double standard. Like, to me, it's never about if if you don't like something. My issue is always if you don't like something that you're consistent with what you don't like or what you do like, right? So, if you say, I remember they were like, you know, Cam was dancing, right? Cam was dancing. They hated Cam dancing, right? But then May, uh, Mayfield came in, and he's dancing, and, and everything was great. You know, such, they don't like this type of trash talk from there. So they don't like then, you know, but Phillip Rivers trash talking, it's okay, right? Lamar, like I said, Lamar Jackson is just a regular old black guy, but, you know, he's not, you know, you. I mean, now he's not articulate enough. That's why Baker Mayfield has all the commercials, even though he has nothing to back it up, and Lamar's the MVP, and you never see him on TV. You see what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he doesn't fit the profile. Now, if, if Baker Mayfield was dabbing and, and, and if if Tom Brady was dabbing, it wouldn't be a big... I remember the letter. That letter comes to a... Look, don't, newspapers are slick like that. They get positive letters and they get negative letters. They'll put a negative letter out there like that so they can make sure that they can get some uh, attention. They can make sure they get some attention. You know... You know, so so that it's always a double standard. Like I think, you know, Cam dresses like an AKA, you know, but so what? <laughs> if if I you know, I think I think I thought Brett Favre, you know, dressed stupidly as well. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what's on the field. Yeah, here's the thing about that Cam. Remember, see, this is this is why you guys need me. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why you guys need me because remember the Cam. Said I had a girl running routes and all that stuff. You can't say that. You couldn't say it back in whatever, 2015. You can't say that. But when I found out that that girl had some racist tweets, all of a sudden it got real quiet. Nobody wanted to report on that. I remember I emailed I emailed the, um, the Charlotte Observer. And I said, 
you guys did this huge piece um, on Cam basically joking around with this lady, which you can't do. I understand that. You can't do. I say, but you really made it. Uh, you blew it out of proportion. You made it into a huge, uh, big deal. I said, but also your employee has some racist uh, tweets right here. And I screenshotted them. And I said, here's about five racist tweets. Uh, would you like to make a comment? And I swear these people wrote me back and chastised me. <laughs> and chastised me. <laughs> said, okay. All right. You're going to be like that? And then uh, about... I don't know what was it. Maybe a day later, they put a they put another uh, statement out saying how they support the reporter and they were investigating. And they invest. I guess they're still investigating because she still works there, and the investigation is still, I guess, ongoing. It's kind of like OJ finding the real killers. Cause see that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Energy, like it's okay. Like here's the thing. Here's what I found out. Honestly. What I found out was that Cam always joked around with this female reporter. He just, he knew who she was and he joked around with her because he's Cam and, you know, Cam's a little silly. And what happened was what, what white women do is that white women love to play victim. They they love to, no, she's still with the Charlotte Observer. Sure is. I'm, she is. Unless she went to another Charlotte paper, she still does Panther stuff. But, um... White women love to play victim after the fact. After the fact. You saw, like, Bun, you see the thing with Bun B's wife? The white lady called her a nigga and all of this stuff from her car. And then when Bun B's wife got out the car and confronted her, all of a sudden the energy changed. Oh, she's with the athletic? Well, yeah, they, they kind of poached everybody. The athletic don't hire a lot of black people anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so, and it, oh, I remember, I remember when she, I think I remember when she's athletic. I was like, oh, so you're going to sign a, you know, a racist. And let me let me let me say this, you know, just if you if you have racist tweets, right? This is kind of a fine line. If you have racist tweets, like remember Josh Allen had racist tweets from when he was in high school. Like I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm I'm a pretty rational guy, you know. Like when I was in high school, I I, I was very homophobic, <laughs> you know. So I was always calling people fags and all of this other stuff. <laughs> Back when I was in high school, I wouldn't do that now. Uh, but you know, when you're in high school, you do certain things. When you're young, you do certain things. My thing is never even so much that you said it. It's how you react to when someone tells you that you said it. Some people react what I would say the proper way. Other people react when they start deleting stuff and they start hiding stuff and they start attacking. Other people, when they start attacking other people, that makes me feel like they really feel like that. Like if someone said, hey, Rob, you said this stuff back in 2000 or whatever. How would you feel about that? And I'd be like, hey, in 2000, that's how I felt. These are the feelings that I had in 2000. Don't have them in 2020, but I had them in 2000. I own up to them. This is what I said. I never backed down for anything I said. There are some things probably in the deep, deep past of a BSO and and certain things that I wish I would maybe say a different different way. I would say a different way in 2020, but I will always acknowledge that hey, I said it. I said it. I can't go. I can't say that I didn't say it. You know what I'm saying? So I said it. That's that. So like if you if you like if you Nick Bosa, right? Who still follows white supremacist sites to this day? Still follow white supremacist sites. 
Don't don't say just admit it. I I would rather you just admit it. I can move on from that. I love Trump. I follow white supremacist sites. So take me for what I am. I can move on from that. Because at that point, there's nothing else to it. People know, and people decide how they want to feel about it. I have 49 fans that say, hey, we know, but, you know, we know who he is, but we want to win the Super Bowl. I've never compromised for a check. I never compromise. You can watch any episode of TMZ Sports, of all the ones that I did. They're showing reruns right now, so you can watch on the reruns. You can watch any episode of TMZ Sports when they speak on the same thing. It's no different than when I'm speaking on to the stuff with you guys right now. It's no different than when I write stuff. No, he. here's the thing about racism. It's a sometimes, Red Cup, sometimes people equate racism with, you know, you got to have a hood on. You got to say you hate all black people. Uh, you got to, you know, be in the KKK and all of that stuff. That's what people sometimes equate with racism, that you to be a racist, right? Here's the thing about that. You can be racist and still, you know, you know how people always say I got black friends is their way of trying to say that they're not racist. That's that's a good indicator of why some people think they can't be racist. Because you can be friends with, you can be friends with, with a black guy, black girl, and still be racist. You be friends with uh, a, a gay person and still, you know, be a homophobe. You you can, none of that has anything to do with racism. <laughs> just because you're friends with somebody, just because you don't hate every single black person, every single gay person, every single woman or whatever, that doesn't mean that you can't, the, the whole, like that's the thing like we was, I was talking about Chris Benoit, right? Like, yeah, he was a good wrestler. <laughs> And he seemed like a good person up to that point, but he still killed his family, right? So you can't just because he, you know, he he's a good, he's in a good, uh, a good technician in the ring, the cripple across face. That doesn't take away from the fact that yeah, he's a monster. That's an evil thing to do. That's some twisted, evil, unforgivable stuff to do. And you can still say he was a great wrestler. They're not mutually exclusive. So if Nick Bosa likes his teammates, right? He likes Richard Sherman, right? He likes all the defensive guys like him. He got some black friends. All the guys at Ohio State liked him. That doesn't mean that it, he, he still can't be racist. Richard Sherman said one of the realest things, and I don't even know if he said it intentionally or unintentionally, right? I don't know. I don't know if it was unintentionally or he said it intentionally, but whatever. Richard Sherman said, in so many words, we know what we know about Nick Bosa, but he knows how to navigate a, a locker room. Basically, what he's saying was, yeah, he's race. He can be racist all he wants when he's off property, but when he's in the building, he's cool. That's what he said. A lot of NFL players feel like that. Cam Newton's ego is no different than any other player's ego. I just saw that. That's that's. Don't let that media stuff get in your head. 
That really has nothing to do with nothing. Telling me Cam Newton's ego is any bigger or less than 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 Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield hasn't won anything. He hasn't done nothing. At least Cam Newton been in the Super Bowl, been an MVP, rookie of the year. So you can who doesn't have an ego? Like stuff like that, I will. It's not. I'm not annoyed at you, Mister Big Packer. I'm nice name, by the way. But that annoys me. All NFL players have egos, and a lot of times, what has Cam done in the last two years that sounds like he has that he's not uh, that he has he's egotistical because he he writes hieroglyphics on IG. Everybody has egos. You don't think if Kirk Cousins is running around saying you like that, just because it's Kirk Cousins, some people can say, I mean, that's an ego. Aaron Rodgers, they asked Aaron Rodgers, they said, hey, Aaron, uh, what if they draft a quarterback? Aaron said, well, that's great. You know, that'd be somebody to go get my, my pads because I'm still going to be starting. <laughs> that's not different. See, that's the, all these different levels of egos. That's, that's, that's all. That's, y'all got to stop listening to people. You got you got to stop listening to people. <laughs> you, 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 that's not a reason. That that's not a, that's 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 something they feed to the media. The, the, if we just gonna be honest, the reason Cam Newton is his sign is that he's he's possibly hurt, and they don't they don't want to pay him twenty million dollars. That's 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 the reason. It has nothing to do with the fact that he dresses like an AKA. It has nothing to do with the fact that he writes in hieroglyphics on Instagram. It's, it's none of that. It has it's nothing to do with the fact that, it, you know, you got baby mamas and strippers and all of that stuff. He's hurt, and they don't want to pay him. As simple as that. Maybe, you know, personality-wise, there's also an issue, but the personality-wise comes from that he's been a, a starter and a star in the NFL for a long period of time. And it's hard for stars in the NFL to go down to things. personality it, that's different than ego. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's more of a perception. He's been a star, an NFL starting quarterback and a star. And it's hard for stars. If you if Ben Roethlisberger got cut and was asked to be a backup, do you think he would have signed? If the Colts didn't promise Phillip Rivers uh, a starting job, do you think he would have signed? They say, hey, Phillip, you got to compete with Jacoby Brissett. Do you think he would have signed? Of course not. <laughs> Because he's a star. Been a star, starting quarterback for a long time. I don't like that ego stuff. It just, somebody, I remember, I, let me explain to you like this. When Barry Sanders scored a touchdown, right? He handed the ball to the ref, right? Handed the ball to the ref. And this used to piss me off, right? He would hand the ball to the ref. Some other guy scored a touchdown. They go into a new addition. Uh, dance routine, right? And I remember the broadcasters would always say that, man, they wish more players were like Barry Sanders when they scored a touchdown and handed the ball to the referee, right? And the reason that it bothered me because it was white guys saying this, because white guys or white people always try to suppress black people's enthusiasm. <laughs> and what I, that, that, bothered, that always bothered me. White people in general try to push down black people's enthusiasm. Now, they hype up white people's enthusiasm. 
Never had a problem with Gronk. Gronk never celebrated too much. He never partied too much. He never did X, Y, and Z. When Gronk did it, it was enthusiasm and he brought levativity to the club and they needed that. They needed that. They needed that youthful energy and stuff. But a black athlete does that, it needs to be suppressed, right? It's always about suppression with black people. They want to suppress our voices. They want to suppress our vote. They want to suppress our economic goals. They want to suppress our education. Everything is suppressed when you're black. That's why a lot of black people literally have to, to achieve certain things, have to kind of, the way they have to maneuver in a certain way. Can't act too smart. Can't act too, you know, too, you whatever, militant or whatever it is. You got that because it's all about suppression. That's all. That's like Obama and the, 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 the Obama wore a tan suit. Big deal. You know, but it's suppression. Right. Like, and if you Deshaun Watson, you say, okay, I'll be suppressed. I'm fine with that. And a lot of people are fine with that. But if you talk too much, even someone like Richard Sherman, who I don't always agree with, right? But I remember the thing with him and Aaron Andrews, right? Now, Richard Sherman went to Stanford. Richard Sherman is very bright. He's very smart, right? And the thing with Aaron Andrews, you know, all he was doing was talking like, you know, you know a WWE wrestler. And the, the thing that bothered me the most is they said they feared for Aaron Andrews' safety. <laughs> it's that whole King Kong thing. I'm like, it's, it's Richard Sherman. He ain't doing anybody to nothing. What do you think you're going to do? What are you going to do? Punch a white woman after the, right after the game? Well, I mean, what exactly did you think he was going to do to him? That's that, that's that, you see what I'm saying? That's that stereotype. And, and let me go back to Barry Sanders for a bit. I'm not saying, if that's your personality, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with handing the ball to the ref. It doesn't make you any better than someone that goes MC Hammer in the end zone. It's the exact same thing. You scored and you're happy. You just handle it different ways. You know what I'm saying? Larry Fitzgerald handles it. Larry Fitzgerald is different than T.O., right? They're, they're totally different type of people, right? But when they were on that field, they both were dominant. <laughs> they just did it in a different way. That that And, you know, T.O. way is... is and I used to say to T.O., be careful. I, I never had a problem with T.O. speaking his mind, but I just knew T.O. was too trusting of the media and they would manipulate everything that he said. Because he was just honest. T.O.'s biggest problem wasn't quarterbacks, wasn't coaches, wasn't all that. It's T.O. was just brutally honest. And people, Tom Brady can talk for 30 minutes and say absolutely nothing. I listened to some, I had to stop, he had the, 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 the um, the, the audio conference for the Bucks. I stopped 15 minutes in because he didn't say anything. He was talking a lot, but he wasn't saying anything. He became he's the master of that. Saying stuff and don't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Marshawn Lynch. You see Marshawn Lynch and there's a stereotype to it. But it's not. Yeah, and Ocho's one of the nicest people in the world. Oh, I don't see other these players out there giving $1,000 tips when they go to Applebee's like Ocho. They don't want to talk about stuff like that.
So I say all this to say that don't be surprised if Jameis and or Cam don't get a job. Okay? Um, as, as messed up as that is, it may happen. It may happen. Now, Jameis is young, so I think – I think there's probably I think there's and there's more opportunity I think for Jameis to maybe chill out for a year or something and then try to you know do the you know go back and twin. Cam is the one that I would be concerned with because he's older, he's been in the league for ten years, and I've seen it with other quarter black quarterbacks that you know after a certain point they just don't want him anymore. I mean Doogie Howser is a is is an OG. One of the greatest uh, sitcoms of all all time. Doogie Doogie Howser, man, yeah, Doogie Howser, like the the Wonder Years. What else was around? Wonder Years was out around that time. That's that's some Doogie Howser was good stuff. Yeah, the thing the the reason the thing about Big Ben and and and, and here's the thing, like I don't know if Jameis is a rapist. Could be, could go either way. We know that Ben Roethlisberger locked some girls in the, in the bathroom, and you just don't do that from for no reason at all. I'm just saying you don't do that, and there was multiple women, you know. So I can't say with any certainty what Jameis actually did. Uh, I can say with high certainty that Ben Roethlisberger violated some women. Like I said, I'm just curious when when. When Ben Roethlisberger's career is over, because they did, I remember when uh, you know when 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 uh, Brett Favre went into the Hall of Fame, they didn't talk about his dick pics. I'm pretty sure they're not gonna talk about Peyton Manning sitting on uh, you know sexually harassing the trainer. Now that's you know those are isolated incidents. So, but Ben Roethlisberger was not an isolated incident. He was suspended um, by the NFL for this. Uh, uh, yeah, she is. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm, I've tried to communicate with her because we've gotten into it a couple of times because I'm, I'm that way. I don't like to be, uh, I don't like to be the type of person that, you know, I'm trying to get people to, I try to talk to them privately, but let's just say the way that she got her job in the industry and how she acts now is totally different. Right. It's, yeah. They don't, they don't, they, Peyton, you know, no, I like Mina. Mina's okay. Mina's cool. She's cool. Mina's cool. Cassidy's cool. Uh, me and Katie Nolan had an issue for a little bit, but we got that cleared out. Um, but yeah, Sarah's is not good at all. Um, Sarah Spain. Um, Diana. Um, you know, it's an interesting story behind that. <laughs> Um, that's a very interesting story behind that. If you guys, uh, uh I might have to say that for another day. Because <laughs> it's getting close to lunchtime and I, but that's, she and I are, are, are okay. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Yeah, yeah, with the Redskins and the, the GM. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing about, I can't say this about Beetle. And I know a lot of people have strong, feelings uh, about Beetle. I understand that. And I respect that. And I don't always, uh, I'm from St. Louis, uh, you know, the Ohio State University. 
Um, but um, I understand people have strong feelings about Beatle. And I understand that Beatles does say some things that I disagree with. But because I'm not fake, and I always tell you guys this, I'm not fake at all. So I don't want to lie to you or anything like that. I have Beatles like off on some ranch somewhere just collecting an ESPN check. Um, I will say this about Beatle, and this is why I do have some loyalty uh, to Beatle, uh, is that this was years ago. Years ago, even though I was very, very popular, and, and, and probably BSO was you know, in its prime, you know, this song, I'm talking about prime BSO. You know, BSO still does great right now, but you know, you know how these things go over time. But anyway, um, prime BSO time. Even though I was prime BSO, it was all over the place, blowing up, breaking news, crazy stories. Prime BSO, I was having a very, very, very difficult time having anyone put me on TV. I really was. I was. I tried. I tried. I reached out. I had reels. I did videos. No one was willing to put me on uh, TV. They just what they were. It, it made them nervous. Um, I made them nervous. They were nervous about what I would say. Nervous about what I would do. I was kind of like a. I don't know what they thought of me at that time, but it was kind of like you know they were nervous. Now it wasn't that they were nervous because they didn't think I could do it because I have you know the education I've done it before. I know what I'm doing, uh, as you can see. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm obviously I've been on since I've come to LA. Uh, hey, I'm a handsome guy. As long as my wife thinks I'm handsome, that's all that matters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they didn't want to put me on TV. They were very nervous. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was one of those things where they said, "Hey, Rob, we want to put you on TV, but the higher ups are a little nervous or such." I was supposed to be on first take uh, a couple of times, but they got they got cold feet. I was supposed to be on around the horn, uh, cold feet. Yeah, yeah. I actually gave them a couple of ideas that they ended up using, but anyway, um, yeah, cold feet. But um, anyway. Wouldn't put me on TV. And Beetle at that time was working at uh, NBC Sports. And she had a show. I forget what it was called or whatever. But anyway, whatever the reason, whatever the thing was, she uh, was in New York. And she put me on TV. They flew me out. I did like three or four shows. And even though it was NBC Sports and it's not like a huge, it wasn't a huge, you know, NBC Sports, that network is not a huge network. Even though it wasn't that uh, that, that uh, huge network, um, they put me on, and it actually, it really helped me. I was really good on the shows. The, the first one, I was okay, but like the second and third one, I was really good on the shows, and I got some attention from some other people, and it, you know, kind of, I got more opportunities to do TV in various uh, stages out there. Around, here's a, if you first take the 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 ideas, I, the idea I gave to um, Around the Horn and First Take was specifically uh, for them to bring in, um, outside like independent media to kind of break up the always having ESPN guys. So a lot of that stuff where you saw people from um, stuff like you see on Scott Van Pelt when he brings the people from SB Nation or Barstool Sports and when you saw them, you remember they had that thing where uh, they did the contest where if you did the video, you can debate against Stephen A. Smith. That's originally my concept. My concept was to bring in actual independent media 
uh, or social media influencers in sports and have them debate Stephen A. Smith. So he's made it into a contest. Um, so, yeah, so that's the other thing. I, I, I like Joy. Joy's nice. Um, Joy's really nice. Joy's put me, you know, um, Joy's put me on. Carrie's put me on. Um, obviously, Jamel has helped me. Michael Smith. Uh, obviously, Mike Mike Hill just put me on Fox Soul before, you know, everything kind of shut down. Uh, the guys at TMZ. Uh, so now, you know, I've, I've had a lot of uh, support. <laughs> a lot of times it's behind the scenes because they can't talk about uh, you know, they can't talk about the stuff in the, in the thing. Michael Smith um, is doing a startup company. I need to talk to him and see what he's doing, see if he needs some uh, some help. That's what I was literally in the midst of my big, you know, my big um, renaissance. You know, I had the TMZ. I was doing the Fox Soul. I was reaching out to people. There were some other things that was lined up. I was really pushing hard to get uh, my own show. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was going on before this, uh, Corona. Harvey, Harvey is, is, Har I don't know if Harvey's MAGA, I know Harvey's about his money. Uh, I, I know that. Uh, I've never had an issue with Harvey. Like I said, I don't always agree with everything that they do over there, but that's pretty, I would imagine that's pretty much any company, uh, that you work for. You don't agree with everything that they do, but if, if it's something that I'm not comfortable with, I don't do it. So I, you know, if I feel strongly enough, I, I will say that I got them to change a couple of things that they were. I just happened to be there while I was going on, and I, you know, I've raised Harvey Weinstein. Uh, I've, I've I've had them change it. There are certain topics too that I made clear if we were going to do the topic. Like there was one. I remember there was one topic where we were talking about something. And I made a point of telling them, like, listen, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna speak about how cops shoot black people. Well, it was Antonio Brown. Remember when Antonio Brown had got into it with his baby mama, um, and the cops came. And remember, I was telling you guys, I, I did, I did, did a whole show on how I, I was nervous for Antonio Brown, and they want, they wanted to do that segment, but they wanted, they wanted to just do it about, you know, they wanted, they were doing it, they were thinking of it from the cops' perspective. You know, him being disrespectful to the cops and everything. And I said, hey, I just want to let you guys know that's fine. But I'm also going to speak about how the cops, you know, shoot black people that disrespect them. You know what I'm saying? They shoot, they kill people that they feel has done them wrong. And I'm worried about, uh, you know, Antonio Brown's you know, life. And I'm going to say it on air. And, you know, I said, if I can't say it on air, I don't, I don't want to do the segment. And I was, I was say, I would say this. I said it, and I was like, I watched the show. This man, I wonder if I was gonna get edited out. <laughs> I wanted to get. I was like, they gonna edit that out. I was strong with it too. I was like, no way they gonna put that on F Fox. Hey, they put it in Red Cup. <laughs> go, go ahead, shoot your shot. Yeah, go ahead, shoot your shot. I would say that's accurate, that Michael Smith was a casualty of uh, Jamel. I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't, casualty may be a, 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 a strong word, 
But let's say I will give Michael Smith a hundred a thousand percent credit for this. Thousand percent credit for this. He had an opportunity to distance um, himself from that situation. They weren't upset with Michael Smith. They were cool with Michael Smith. So he had an opportunity. He had to make a choice. Either company man or stick with his friend. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that would have been like, hey, I'm not jeopardizing you know, my, myself for this. But instead, uh, Michael, I think he went on a, the SI, he went on Sports Illustrated uh, Media Podcast, I believe, um, and didn't tell anybody at ESPN. And he went on the podcast, and he just he 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 went off on him. He he went off on him, and I can tell you from that day on, you didn't see Michael Smith anymore. Hey, you didn't see Michael Smith anymore after that. So I wouldn't even call it a, a casualty because he made a choice. He made a choice. It was a tough choice. Now, nah, maybe it was a little easier because he was getting paid regardless. They, I mean, he, they were under contract, so they had to pay him. But he could have easily stayed on SportsCenter and they could have found a new role for him, gave him a different show, a different host, and he would still be on ESPN today if he wanted to. But he chose to to to... Go find, go find, yeah, go find the podcast. Go to, let me Google it right quick. It's, it, it's, if you, I'll, I'll tell you what to Google. So if you want to get it, I'm just trying to make sure I can find it. So, you know, ah, <laughs> uh, man, I don't know where it's at. I think it's on, cause all of, all of the ones that I talk about when he left. Uh man, Michael Smith. S let me see. F S I podcast. Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. If you it's 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 on the athletic, I think. Maybe. Or maybe it was before then. It's it's somewhere out there. It was on SI. Might have been a it might just been a uh an article. <laughs> Yeah, it might. Just, I don't know where it was at, but it was a it was an old article, and he yeah he went off. And trust me, from that time they were done with him. So yeah, so he chose not to be a company man. Others, as you can see, say still took quite advantage of the situation. Others did not come to uh, Jamel's defense, and they're still there. They're you know. People make decisions, okay? People make decisions on, and look, I'm not, I'm not judgmental. I'm not judgmental. People, people make decisions on their career and how they want it to roll, and sometimes they're accurate. Who, Sage Steele? Sage Steele is one of the worst people of all time. And, and you, know how, you know how you can tell that Sage Steele is a terrible person? Is I called Sage Steele a terrible person to her face, to online to hundreds of thousands of people, right? And never, not one person, never one person ever came to her defense. Not one email, not one DM, none of that. Never had one person that said, Rob, you're wrong. 
Rob, you just don't know him. Rob, you're being too harsh. And trust me, every time I talk about somebody else, I at least get one person that does that. One person that says, come on, Rob, you don't know him the way I do, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Not one. Here's the thing. I didn't get anything from ESPN. If if I, I said something about uh, the, the Bomani's and Pablo show, and I got like five emails from it. So, she's a terrible person. But, but, they wanted to get back their MAGA audience. So, they threw it back on air, and the ratings went up. The, the ratings went up because the... The majority of their, a lot of their audience is MAGA. A lot of their majority, the majority of their audience is like that. The people that watch a six o'clock sports center are MAGA people. So that, that's just, you know, sometimes people just say it's just business. And of course she was, she wasn't going to, they, Stephen A, you know, toast, you know, he, Stephen A's on the line. You know, it's, he, he's, he's, he can go either way depending on the day. But I think that's that's part of being super popular. When you're popular, you're always on a fine line. He's super popular. He's a he's he's he's, he's a fence setter. I guess that's a good way of putting it. It just depends on the day. I agree that he's a company man. I, I do think, I do think that he does good things. Right. I don't want to say. I don't want to. I don't want to just say. Like I think it's sometimes it's easy to just slam somebody. I think he does some real good things. I think he also hurts the industry in some ways. But he really is, I mean, but that's just kind of the way it goes. Like, it's like Whitlock. Like, I know Whitlock helps certain people. He he does. I know this factually, that he does help certain people. He's gotten certain people jobs and stuff. It doesn't change the fact that, you know, he's, he still hurts the industry. You see what I'm saying? It, it you know, it's, just, it's one of it's not mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? Like, like we talked about earlier, one thing can be true. And so is the other thing. I don't, I, I'm not sure what Bomani would do. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's a good fit for ESPN anymore, but I think he, there's options for him and he's well liked, uh, within our community, with our industry. The people that run stuff and I, so he can he can do some other stuff, you know. So the little shucker and driver that he always brings on, the like the, the that's a little weird to me, right? The old I don't watch the show pretty much ever, but I know who you're talking about. I think that's an odd thing that that that's almost like the Sandman, like you know what I mean? Like he brings on a stereotype of an ignorant black person to do ignorant black takes. So, I yeah, I don't like that. I have met Clay Travis before. Uh, Clay Travis, Clay Travis is an awful person too. Yeah, Clay Travis is an awful person, and I don't. If you notice, I only call certain people super awful. Everybody else, because I know that everybody there's complexities to it all. But yeah, yeah, I don't think he fits in with Fox. Like honestly, I really don't. Yeah, the the uncle guy they brought into play. Yeah, Clay's a, Clay is just, he's nothing but like a Trump. Trump plays off of the fact that, you know, um, white people are stupid. <laughs> so, they're dumb. And if you just say something enough and you say it loud enough and you say it over and over again, they'll follow you. I always tell you, my following would be probably triple 
if I just played the role. If I just said crazy stuff all the time, my following would triple. If I was if I was um, vulgar, cursed, if I perpetuated a lot of the black stereotypes along with the various content that we do, uh, my, my, I would, I, it would be triple. But I, I, can't, I can't be like that. I'm just not that type of person. I am who I am. People like me for who I am or dislike me for who I am. I can live with that. I can live with just being an actor. But I can go, I can, but see, the thing is, I can go either way. If, I, if, to, if today, I was like, you know something? I'm going to say I'm MAGA and Trump, and I love Trump and all of this stuff, right? I get about 100,000 more followers now. Half of them will hate me. Half of them will be like, see, see, see. But that's all you got to do. Uh, Woody's cool. Uh, Ron Parker, is, that's another. Ron Parker has helped a lot of people. I know that factually. He also says a lot of suspect stuff, too. You know, I know Chris, I, I, Chris Broussard has uh, sensitive to what? <laughs> what have I ever been sensitive to? What am I sensitive about? I don't know. People come in here and say they're gonna um they're gonna kill me and do all of this stuff and say all this stuff. What am I sensitive about? What have I ever been upset about? I'm too old to be sensitive. But um let's see, what was I gonna say? I was losing my train of thought. So Rob Parker, he's helped a lot of people. Yeah, Rob Parker helped a lot of people, but Rob Parker says well, Chris Broussard, yeah, like I, Chris Broussard has like that a uh, hundred black men type of um thing where he's helping young black kids and all of that stuff right there. But you know, then he may say some stuff that's suspect from time to time too. So most of the time, I'm kind of just I don't say anything to anybody. Like I don't really get into it because I only really have strong opinions on it. Everybody's different, but. uh some people are just horrible people. And Clay Travis and Sage Steele are horrible, are horrible people. So that I can say confidently. Rob, you know, I never thought Rob should should uh have gotten fired for the 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 hard uh the cornball brother stuff. It was the fact that they told him to relax and he went on TV and and uh and all he did <laughs> he be doubled down on it. No, Ed Water, Ed Water is MAGA. Um, that's that's factual. That that is factual. Ed Water is MAGA. Um, he can't be trusted. A lot of you know Peter King can't be trusted. Florio is weird in the sense that at times Florio seems to fight harder for black people than than black people do. <laughs> but then other times Florio just say some dumb shit like he's weird. So I, I don't know, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Albert Breer, he's a he's a he's a mark as well. Uh, Rap Sheet and, and Schefter don't like each other. <laughs> the only one that's probably universally uh, universally liked, especially in that football community, is Jay Glazer. Nobody really has anything bad to say about Jay Glazer. Yeah, yeah nobody says anything bad about Jay. The, the the NBA guys, you know, Chris Haynes is cool. Most of the NBA guys are cool. Um, yeah, most of them are cool. <laughs> Woj is cool. Even uh, what, uh, Windhorse. Windhorse is cool. It doesn't bother anybody. 
Kyle Hurd just wants ratings. Kyle Hurd doesn't care about anything uh, but ratings. Like Max. Max say something wild. Max, Max always rides hard for the, the racial stuff. Uh, Max says some weird stuff as far as just like sports opinions. Uh, but Max is pretty cool, though. Coward, yeah, I, I don't like the stuff Coward would say about, like, remember we said about uh, John Wall and some of that other stuff. I mean, we know Bill Polian is. Britt McHenry is a terrible person. Now, I would say this. She's a terrible person, but I would not wish, you know, whether she got brain cancer or something. Um, I wouldn't wish brain cancer on anybody. <laughs> you know, but Britt, Britt wanted to, you know, she's a bad person. And then she flipped it and tried to become, like, a fake Tommy Loren and stuff, you know, and she was faking it. I don't mean I want to have a brain tumor or anything. I'm just, she just, you know, both, once, once again, both things can be true. You know, she cannot be a great person, and I don't want to have a brain tumor. Skip is uh, Vince McMahon. It's the Mr. McMahon character. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's who Skip is. Skip is Mr. McMahon. Uh, she was banned from Rock and Rolls. I like, I mean, Shannon is cool. Shannon, the, the only thing I don't like about Shannon is the, and this is just a personal thing. It's nothing, um, it's nothing against Shannon. I don't like that fanboy. That, like, if it's one thing I, I take from my schooling, my education, and a lot of stuff, it, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to college. Just make sure when you go to college, you focus on the stuff that's really important. But the one thing I took from my education is you don't fanboy. <laughs> I'm not, you'll never see me in here walking around with a with a, a goat mask and a, and a LeBron jersey. Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, that's just a personal thing with me. Like, we're men, right? We're, we're men. <laughs> so, like, we could be fans. I'm not saying I don't like his game or anything, but I can't be like you're a fan like, you know, you're in a boy band. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, as a difference. That part, I don't like. I, maybe he does it for ratings. I, I mean, it could be true. I just, I can't, like I, I, like I said, I like certain players. I like, you know, I like watching them play. I admire their skills and all of that stuff. But there's like a line, right? Like, I couldn't be like Nick Wright and stuff. Like, there's some weird lines with that. Yeah, you know, it's, that that is just not my thing. That's just not my thing. You won't see me. Like, when I talk about the players, I, I try to. They just regular old people to me. Like, they're, they're regular people. People be like, what is it like to meet LeBron? I'm like, I don't know. Same. It's just like meeting the guy at Starbucks. <laughs> like, it's no different to me. Like, I, I never went into anything and been like, wow. <laughs> I can't believe I'm standing next to Steph Curry. This man standing in line just like me. I never saw the difference. Yeah, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying that you can't be, um, you know, fans of the game. I'm just saying, like, that always that always was weird to me. They're like, what was it like to meet Tom Brady? I'm like, uh, seems nice enough. Asked him a couple of questions, and I went about my day. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Doug, I I, I offered to come up to uh, Doug Gottlieb's uh, studio when he had a problem with me because he, what did he call me? He called me a douche. He called me a douche. And you know, you know, I'm, if, if I am sensitive about something, 
If I am sensitive about something, it's about name calling. That's the thing that I'm sensitive about. I forgot which one of you said I was sensitive. But if it's sensitive, I'm sensitive about name calling. I don't play that. And I remember, he, I, I, I wasn't even talking to him. I wasn't even talking. I was talking about something totally else. And he came out of nowhere and he said, you douche. I said, oh, really? And this is when I stayed in uh, Long Beach. And when I stayed in Long Beach, the Fox, wherever he does the Fox radio, was about 25 minutes from where I stayed in Long Beach. And I said, listen, uh, Doug, here's what I would like to do. I would like to come up to your, your studio and I could be there, and he was on for like three hours, right? And I'm like, I'd like to come up to your studio because you're just in hour one. I can be there in 20 minutes. You can sit me down, and then you can tell me to my face why you just said that. And I want you to make sure that you say it word by word. And then, I'm not sensitive at all. Uh, then I was like, where is, where, I ain't hear from him after that. <laughs> and I was like, say, I mean, and I, people was like, you going to beat up Doug Godley. I'm like, how am I going to beat up Doug Godley? They got security, cameras all over the stuff. All I'm saying is, the man felt the need to call me this name. I'm 20 minutes away. We're in the same city. You know, you probably need a guest. Let's talk about it. That's all I said. I didn't say I was going to, like, you know, beat him up. <laughs> I just wanted him to explain to me why he felt that was okay. And then we were going to talk about it. No, me and Amanda Seals are not good. <laughs> We're not good at all. And we never will be good. Mike Dicker in his old age is a horrible person. I don't know what he was like uh earlier, but in his old age in his old age he's horrible. Hmm. Amanda Seals uh, said that, um, uh, what's the guy who's the Rhodes Scholar? <laughs> said that, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. But uh, she had said that he had said some inappropriate things and basically told women to, basically was calling him a rapist. Uh, Myron Rowe. And at that point, Myron Rowe was working at a, like a children's hospital or something. Uh, and she threw all of this stuff out there. And tried to take it back. They did double team me. I don't have no issues with Van, but they they definitely double team me. They definitely do. They, there's a part of that story a lot of people don't know, and I thought I've thought about it over the years. And not over the years, but I thought about it, and I I, I would hope that it wasn't uh, intentional. But I had thought that the the interview was supposed to be like on a Wednesday, and then I got a call. I was, actually, I was 100% sure it was supposed to be on a Wednesday. And then I got a call that said that they wanted to do it on Tuesday, like in, in two hours. So I had no time to prep. I'm not a big prepper anyway, but I, I did have some certain things that I had wanted to kind of get ready. So I had to go like in two hours and be ready and everything. And it was, it, I mean, it was, I, I like to have, like the thing I just said with Doug Gottlieb, I like to have conversations with people if they disagree with me. I do. I do. I, I think I think it's it's healthy. Like I said, I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying to do any of that stuff. I'm like, okay, let's talk it out. Especially if we're black. Let's talk it out. That's that's let me explain to you why I feel this way. You explain to me how you feel that way. And even if we don't like each other, we can, you know, move on from the situation. 
And that was my intention. Best intentions, right? At the best of and anybody's ever, and you can still go back and watch the video or the, the, the podcast or whatever. It's still out there. There's no way that you can say I didn't have the best intentions. I admitted that there was a part uh, of the the titling of the story that I could have probably did differently. No problem with that. I have no problem with that. I can I can do that. I can admit that. I maybe heard something in a different way. No problem. I never have a problem admitting when I'm wrong. Now, I had a more overreaching point that as a black woman, you should not accuse a black man, especially one that's working at a children's hospital, of these really serious accusations unless you have some actual evidence. <laughs> right? Which, that was my over... It was a very simple point, even though it was like a two-hour podcast. It's a very simple point. If you have evidence of a crime, right? If you have evidence that someone is Bill Cosby or Weinstein or whatever, right? You go to the cops. You don't go to Charlemagne. You don't go on Instagram. If you got somebody that you know is a doctor that's treating children who... You say is everybody should be. Oh, uh, if you if, if if you say if I told you guys, hey, listen, my neighbor is, I think they may be abusing their kids. <laughs> I think, and I'm telling you guys, right? But I'm not calling the the child welfare hotline or whatever. I'm like, hey guys, just be careful if you bring your kids over here because I think my neighbor is abusing some kid. I can look and see there may be some abuse, but I ain't call no hotline or nothing. Like, you'll be like, why didn't you call? So when you say, watch out, ladies, for X, Y, and Z, but you're not willing to go the extra mile, I call you out on that because as black men, we already are uh, guilty into proving innocent, right? I never said that he didn't do what she said he did. What I said was that our reputations of black men are already horrible, right? Don't just come out saying stuff. You got to present some evidence. <laughs> that was my point. Very simple. Not hard at all. Tried to express this point in the most polite way that I could. The most respectful way that I could. Now, because she's a woman and she's a black woman, right? You got to understand the dynamics of our society right now. There's no way in that type of conversation that I could raise my voice, that I could curse, that I could uh, really attack or go hard. There's no way that would work. Think about Snoop, right? Think about Snoop for a second. Remember Snoop and Gail King and Oprah, right? Had a good message in the front half, right? In the back half, he let out what he was really feeling. And what did they only talk about? The back half. They only talked about the back half, right? They only talked about the back half. Not the front part, the back half. If I'd have lost my temper, if I'd have lost my cool, right? And that's what that's what I felt was, was, was happening, is I was trying to be baited into losing my cool. <laughs> I was trying to be baited. But I think sometimes people don't understand that I've been in media for basically almost half my life. I mean, I've been doing media since I was like 16 years old. So I understand stuff that's happening. 
so at a point I realized what was happening. I was trying to get, uh, they were trying to bait me into losing my cool and calling her a name and then it would have invalidated everything I said. So I kept my cool, saying what I had to say, let her just talk and talk and talk. But that's not even the reason why we'll never be good. That's not the reason. I tell you the real reason. This is, nobody knows this except you guys. Tell you the real reason why we're not good. Whatever. She's acting. She's an actress. She's acting for the, 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 the camera and everything. After the show, right? After the show, she gets down off the thing. I realize that I've been attacked for two hours. And like, you know something? I just want to get out of here. She gets that off the show. She gets right up in my face. Like, right up in my face. And she starts cursing me out. Now, don't forget, I'm in the TMZ offices this way before I was working at TMZ. Um, she starts cursing me out. Like, out, out. My, excuse my language, but it went something like this, you know. You motherfucker, I told you. I told you, don't you ever question me. You bitch ass, such and such. Da 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 da. Just going off, right? Going off. There's people in the little area. Now, I will say this van was had walked off, so he didn't see any of this. So, but there are people like the producer, the video guy, they all seeing it. She's right up in my face and she's cursing me out. Uh, motherfucker, I told you this, you bitch ass. If you ever do this again, I'll beat you. All of this stuff, right? Right in my face, right? And about a, a half second, the St. Louis version of me, right? The St. Louis version of me, I think Amazon is here, by the way, almost snapped. Almost. Almost snapped. The, I think the only thing that stopped me from snapping, honestly, was... The, I think the video or the producer or whoever or her manager or whatever was like a white woman. And I'm like, if I snap, this white woman who's a manager is going to say, I just, you know, went crazy. I never win. I never win. And I was, you know what I said to her? I tell you what I said to you. Only you guys know this. I said, so she she cursed me out for about three minutes straight, right? She cursed me out for three minutes straight. And I looked her dead in her eye. And I said, you trash. So all I said, I walked out. I said, you trash. And I walked out. While I walked out, she was still cursing. So I said, I said, you trash. I said, you trash. And... When and and I'll be honest, when it came out, I promoted it. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. <laughs> she would have said I was threatening her. I know what was. I knew what was happening. It's like you trash. But I knew in the back of my head that if reasonable people watched, if reasonable people watched, then they would see. Now, the, the ironic thing, though, that gets me is that, you know, she still ends up getting a job. Like, she got kicked out of, like, the some party or something by the, the people from Insecure. So, she, she's not well-liked, but she ends up getting jobs. So, I, I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, she's just not getting the party or something. So she, I mean, I always say the people that I beef with, I'm not just beefing the beef. Some people just every day is something. Every day they're arguing about something. Every single day about something, right? I'm not that type of person. But if I do beef with someone, just think about the people just in this conversation that we've talked about today. Let's think about it. Who who we talked about? We talked about Sage Steele, terrible person. Clay Travis, awful person. These are people that I beef with. Doug Gottlieb, terrible person. Amanda, Doug Gottlieb is a terrible person and a, and a thief and a criminal. Imagine me being a thief and a criminal and still being able to get a, a, a job in sports media like that. Amanda Seals, terrible person. If if I if I beef with you, you know, even Brent McHenry, I don't want to have a brain tumor, but terrible person. Normally, I will not, you know, raise my level of, of, of combativeness unless you're an awful person. You know, if you're an awful person, then I say it. But if not, I normally just leave you alone because I don't really care. I don't really care. I tell the Diana Rossini story one day, but I, I'm pretty sure if you just Google it, you will see BSO and it kind of... Let's just say Washington Redskins weren't happy with me, but they couldn't sue me because it was true. <laughs> Red Cup. <laughs> Probably won't get no credentials with the Washington Redskins. I tell you that. <laughs> I gotta I gotta have this I gotta get some lunch. This is very long. It's been like an hour and a half. If I promise what's today? Today Wednesday? Maybe on Red Red maybe on Robe Talk Friday. I tell the story. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. If I tell the story, right, I'm not gonna put it in the description because I don't want her bothering me or anything. But I mean it's out there. It's 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 out there. It's not like a hidden story. You know. It's not it's not a hidden story. It's just it's it's an interesting story and it really the thing about it is, is that there's no way this could happen to a black female reporter and they still get jobs. No way. It, it just couldn't. Let's just say it has something to do with the GM, the wife, the reporter getting scoops. It just, it just yeah. Let's, and the, the, the team was not happy that I reported it, but what I reported was 100% factual. It was 100% factual. You know why? Because I had the wife giving me the information. 100% factual. I never forget that. The guy, I don't think the guy works with the Redskins anymore. Tony uh, Wiley. Tony Wiley. I remember Tony Wiley hit, called me in a frantic thing. And I said, Tony, um, I understand that you're upset. Yeah. I understand that you're upset, Tony, but uh yeah, man, this is what the wife is saying. <laughs> I, I it's no it's no different than if like futures baby mamas, you know, go out and say something. I mean if they say it, they said it. I'm like, I'm not making it up. I mean, it's out there. This is what his wife is saying about this reporter and how they got the scoops. He was frantic. 
is frantic. Yeah, the story's out there. The 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 story is 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 definitely out there. <clears throat> it's it's out there. And I, I you know, I I broke the story. And like I said, me and her are cool. She I mean, cause it was like I said, it was it was out there. <laughs> this was before she worked at ESPN. So it wasn't like, you know, I went digging. Uh it's just, it's just one of the wild stories. And uh, I saw her at, uh, I think it was the Super Bowl or something. And, yeah, it's kind of one of them things where you, you, you knew you knew it, but you didn't say anything. <laughs> there was some wild things going on at, at the Redskins back then. There was some wild things. Wild, wild things. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you Google her name, and I think BSO, it comes up. I could be wrong, but it, it maybe it comes up. I would actually actually have to look at it myself to to remember everything that happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. 2015. Mm, still comes up right at the beginning. <laughs> Number one. Why is it saying my sex on the trust Yeah. Mm, had to do with blowjobs and stuff too. Mm. Mm. That's wild. This I think they didn't have the 280 characters back then. So, you know, I had to kind of be a little bit more uh discreet. Wow. I remember it now. <laughs> mm. Caught a side chick. Mm. I rem Here's the thing that I remember about it is that Tony Wiley told me that was a fake account. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And then the funny part was he tried to tell me it was a fake account to get it to take, take it down. And then like maybe a half hour later, um, the wife came out and proved that I was correct. <laughs> oh, man. Proved that I was correct. Mm. Wild story. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about it at some point. All right. All right. I'm out of here. I gotta go get some uh, some lunch. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Where they try to tell me what I'm reporting is untrue, and then it ends up is it end up being true. Like the time that I said that um, I said that uh, Jerry Jones had threatened the players uh, if they kneel for the anthem, and then. Uh, Remember, I remember Rap Sheet, Rap Sheet, and uh, somebody else. Rap Sheet was like, that's not true. That's not true. I've been waiting for my uh, apology from Rap Sheet for four, well, three years from that. They're like, that's not true. Uh, sources within the Cowboys said that that is totally not true. Totally not true. And then the next day, <laughs> The next day, Jerry Jones came out publicly. It was like, yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, I said it's going to be punishment if they do it. I said it. 
<laughs> he said it the next day, and none of them apologized to me. And I know Roland Martin's not going to apologize. You seen them pictures of Andrew Gillum. I told Roland Martin, Roland don't listen to me. I said, Roland, do you really think I would say this stuff if I didn't have, you know, some inside information? I'm trying to, I'm being nice. I'm, I'm actually not putting out everything that, that, that has happened. And I, I told Roland, I said, Roland, in a couple of days, you're going to be like, you know. But then he, you know, they don't apologize. They never apologize. They cut, they cut a, they, the cow, if you was a, the person that told me that on the Cowboys, I can't say who got always protect the sources, but um, the, the, the guy that told me that on the Cowboys was, a real low-level guy. I mean, we talk. I mean, was he a? He was. I don't know if he was a practice squad, but he was a guy that barely played. He was like a low, very low-end guy. But we had became friends a long time ago, so I, you know, I had his number and everything. And he was like Mr. Jones, because they call him Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, you know, said X, Y, and Z. I'm like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm like, I'm like, don't lie to me about this. Like, no, I'm 100 percent sure he told us this. And I didn't even run it the first time. And he said, he told us this again. And I ran it. And I rarely run stuff with, like, sources. I'm not I'm not really into that. Sources. And, but I ran it because I knew the guy, the, the guy never lied to me about anything before. I knew he wasn't lying. So I don't know who the cowboy sources was. And maybe, it, you know, he wasn't telling it to the higher level players. But I knew it happened. And they never, never apologized uh, to me. And I say, are you going to apologize? Because, I mean, honestly, when you do something like that to independent media, you are hurting their bottom line. You're hurting their money. Um, you hurt their money. If if I write a story and I break a story as independent media, and then mainstream media calls me a liar, right? I don't I don't have the I don't have the rope to be wrong about certain things, right? You know, like they can get stuff wrong all the time. They do, but they work for ESPN or NFL networks, who cares, right? If I get something wrong, my credibility is shot. So when they said that, they were really taking food out of, you know, my mouth. Because it was because you know how Cowboy fans are. And they are, oh, Rob, you're always making it about race. And why, who's going to trust black sports online and BSO and all that? So really, they should have apologized. But they, they never, they never apologized. Never apologized. They never apologized, and then they went on their sites and acted like it was it was their story. They didn't even give me the credit for breaking the story. They didn't even give me the credit for breaking the story. It's one thing not to apologize. It's a it's a totally different thing to say I didn't break the story two days before you even writing about. It. That so, but here's the thing. That's why when people say uh, I'm sensitive and stuff, you don't say I'm not upset. I don't get it. I stuff rolls off my back. Like I have a big platform. I'm doing okay for myself. I'm true to myself. So that's it. Doesn't it doesn't really? It's just the industry. When you've been in the industry, it's like being in the music industry. You've been in it for so long, you don't see pretty much everything. You just like ah, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't. I do these because I don't even like. Honestly, I don't even like tweeting anymore. 
because you can't even have a real conversation on Twitter anymore without the trolls coming in and everything. So, like, I was thinking about this Jamin's stuff and Cam stuff today. And back in the day, I would have tweeted, like, a long thread and all of that stuff, but it just gets co-opted and then whatever. So I may put one or two tweets out. I don't, I don't, I just prefer to do it. If I'm in the mood, I do the live stream and then people can listen to it because according, thanks to you guys, I decided to go ahead and put them on the, the podcast as well. Yeah. I mean, the race baiting thing always bothers, it bothers, it doesn't bother me, but here's the thing about the race baiting thing. And I told this to some, a racist one time, right? First off, I, I must say, you know, my life is not bad. I'm not, it's not bad at all. You know, I, I, I can eat, I got a car, my bills are paid. Uh, I have good friends, I have a beautiful wife. I have a pretty good job, I must say. My life is great. You know, it's nothing wrong with my life. You know, but I'm still a black man in this country. So that doesn't, just because my life's okay, that doesn't mean everybody else's life is okay. But the thing about race is this, is that ideally, when I wake up in the morning, I would prefer not to have to deal with any of that, <laughs> right? If, if, why would anyone want to talk about racism every day unless racism is actually happening? Like, ideally, we just, if I wish we could just talk about Jameis and Cam or whoever, and we didn't have a racial element to it. And I don't think it's all racial, but we know there's some to it, right? We know it's something to it. We can't ignore it. I think black people that just ignore it, I'm not saying you got to be Malcolm X. I'm just saying don't ignore it. Like Deshaun Watson said, I'm going to ignore it. I know I say you got to be Malcolm X, but you don't have to ignore it. You know, don't ignore what's happening around you. That's the difference. Like Deshaun Watson, I'm sure, lives a good life too. And I live a good life. But I can't ignore what's happening around me. Especially, and I only talk about stuff that I know about. Meaning that I don't ignore when I talk. I'm a media person and I'm a sports person and entertainment person. So I speak about those things. I speak about those elements of race because that's what I know about. You don't see me talking about, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan because even though I'm pretty sure it's, it's terrible, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that these reporters do this. The media does this. This is how athletes react to that. This is race. They don't want to tell you it's racial. It's racial, you know. When someone comes out and it's Albert Breer talking about Deshaun, the DeAndre Hopkins, you got to take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> they want you to know. So, no, I don't want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. If we're going to keep it real, we got to talk about it. All right, I'm out of here. I'm out for real now. I got to get some lunch. There was literally no stories to write, so that's why I can stay on longer. For the best in sports and sports entertainment, check out BlackSportsOnline.com and you can catch me, Robert Littow, Monday through Friday on TMZ Sports on FS1. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube BSOTV. I'm out.